spend, I, I'm going to talk to you about something this morning. It's something worth celebrating. America, bless God. Now, you may thought I was, you heard me wrong in saying, God bless America. I'm saying, America, bless God. Do you remember when you're in school or I don't know if they do it today, I don't think so, but I remember when I was in elementary school, we would get up and stand beside our desk and we would look toward the flag and, and then what we would do that we would turn, we would put our hands on our on our hearts and we would say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And then we would sit down. When was the last time that you ever said something like that? But did you hear the unity in that pledge? The United States, one nation, under God, not God's, plural, under God, indivisible. And it ends with for all. Billy Graham, he, he was invited to be at a congressional prayer breakfast, and he made a statement there talking about there are times in history in America when a certain individual would stand up for God and literally change the course of destiny. For example, the very first continental, continental <laughs> um, convention, the delegates, they were so wore out. They were formulating and writing the Constitution. And in doing so, they were under such pressure of what was happening in the world all around them, and they were just, just exhausted. They came to the point that they were just ready to just throw in the towel for the whole concept and abandon the complete constitution completely. At that moment, a old white-haired man by the name of Benjamin Franklin, he rose to his feet and he said this, gentlemen, if it is true that not one single petal from the flower falls to the ground with out escaping God's attention, well, the distress of a nation does it go unheeded? Let us therefore determine to seek his face. They promptly knelt down and they began to pray. At the closing of that prayer, they stood up and the slogan came out of that time of prayer and it said, one out of many which means we stand as one. I love when I look up the scriptures, I look up that, the word one, and, and there's a few scriptures I'm going to share with you, like in Genesis 2, 24. It says, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. In Genesis 1, 11.1, one, it says, And the whole earth was one language and of one speech. Wow, wouldn't you love to have that today? And Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And here's a scripture that I absolutely love. And, and this is Jesus praying 
to his Father in heaven. And I'm reading out of the Living Bible, and it's John 17, verses 20 and 21. It goes this way. I am not praying for these alone, but also for the future believers who will come to me because of the testimony of these, because of what those people were doing there of the future believers. My prayer for all of them that they may be as one heart and mine, just as you and I are, Father, that just as you and I, that, that you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. And the world will believe you sent me. Because of their testimony, that unity of mine will touch generations to come. Another scripture I love, and one of my favorite books of the Bible is Ephesians. In Ephesians 4, verses 5 through 4 through 6, reads this way from the Living Bible. We are all part of one body. We have the same spirit, and, and we have all been called. Listen, all have been called to the same glorious future. For us, there is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and we all, we all have that same God and Father who is over us all and in us all and living through every part of us. There's a scripture that says, in him we live and move and have our being in everything that I do. That, that, that's why seeking the celebration this week, this weekend, is that maybe I want to set the record straight, that we are one nation, one nation under God. Psalms 33, verses 1 through 22, talks about, well, it's, it's a whole chapter on, on worship and praise. It's a hymn unto the Lord. God rules over it all, over the nations and over every creation there that he has made. In the very prelude of that song in verses 1 through 3 of Psalms uh, 33, listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from, um, from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make melody to him with a instrument of ten strings. Well, I like to see that. Sing unto, sing to him, listen, sing unto him a new song. Play carefully with a shout of joy. A new song. A shout of joy. That's a new revelation. That's a revelation of God that he's given for that moment that we sing that praise unto him. Now, there is something that is going on in our nation today that is affecting us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Everywhere we turn, there is so very little praise that is going on. Oh, in the news, we, we may get two or three minutes at the very close of it to speak about our heroes, those in the front lines, which they deserve. 
an applause, a praise for the amazing job in which they are doing. But outside of that, there is not a whole lot of anything that is worthy of praise. And there is a whole lot of change that is needed in our country today, isn't there? No matter where you stand on these matters, our mind is in overload. We are angry. We are sorry. We are in pain, bitterness, worry, fear, and, and even, yeah, even confusion. Is there any praise for anything that is out there today? You know, I know that as a father, and even though my children are adults, I, if I hear something that they have done, accomplished, I immediately respond to it to give them the, the, the appreciation and the praise in which they deserve. And, and yes, we need to show that, that praise to our spouses of, of how we, we appreciate all what they accomplish. And, and Lord knows that, that there are times that we need to compliment our coworkers or, or a supervisor who had took our side with, uh, against the company because he wanted to defend the workers. Now, we're seeking this weekend the opportunity to praise a nation somehow. And we seek God's blessing upon our country. I got to tell you, I will be the first in leading that parade of, of asking God to bless America. However, did you know that praise is not a foreign practice by any means? In this season of unrest in our nation, maybe we have some things out of order. Maybe instead of asking God to bless America, let's bless God. Let's praise him for what he could do. Because believe me, he could put together the order in chaos. <laughs> it's it's like when, when he spoke the world into existence and all the chaos that was out there, he put it all in order. You know, I, I hear that he's really good at putting order in chaos. The psalmist this morning is not asking us to direct our praise to our children or, or to our spouses or, or coworkers and, or even to our nation. He's directing us to someone else, someone who has regularly invaded our conscience with acts of kindness, someone who has intentionally and often reminded us that, that he is involved in our lives, sometimes when we're not even aware of it, someone who has poured more into our life than we could ever imagine and may not ever know until we are in the presence of God. Someone who has touched our hearts with an emotion to tell us that he loves us, that you are cared for, that you are not just another person, 
someone that who is out there who needs taking care of or fed or whatever, even times when more or far more than someone just walking on us or stepping on us or running down us or tripping us up. I believe you know that who I'm speaking of, who is the really the center of this universe. And it's not your amazing personality or your gifted intelligence or, or your incredible popularity. What I'm saying, it's not America or who lives in America that we're asking blessings for, even though we need it. But this weekend, the practice in a language in which I wanted to, us to work on is our praise unto the Lord. Then on this national holiday, I'm, I'm inviting you, consider this a personal invitation to come alongside of me, to join me in that opportunity. And it's not a, a holiday picnic or, or it's, nor is it a display of fireworks. I'm inviting you to give to God what he is due. Praise. Matthew Henry makes this statement. He says this out of dealing with Psalms 33. Holy joy is the heart and soul of praise. And that is here pressed upon the righteous. We followers of Christ. Thankful praise is the breath and language of a holy joy. Rejoice is to be glad is to make merry. The righteous and the upright have a language. It is a language that brings us to the very heart of God. <laughs> Psalms 33.1 means that the praise to him is proper, it's suitable, and it's fitting. Psalms 33.3 tells us to speak of a new song. You know, church, in the chaos of our nation, really the chaos of our world, maybe, just maybe we need a new song. A new song of praise to our Lord because He is truly in control of it all. Something fresh. Something new, something that is anointed by the Holy Spirit. That's why during this time that we've been, been watching these services online, I've been so encouraging you is that to seek him in the quietness of your home, turn it into an upper room. Let, let that time to, to encounter the very holiness and presence of God. Let him give you a new song, a new interpretation of all of this, that he is really active in what is happening in our world today. He's not void of that. And as a nation, there should be one song that we sing in harmony, and that is a song of praise unto the Lord. We owe a lot to him in every way because he has marked our land in ways that we have, well, we're not always recognizing. 
Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, I think if we look hard enough, we could begin to see some of this. And Psalms 33 verses 4 and 5 tells us, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of a steadfast love of the Lord. You know that, that word work, it means to labor. It is a business, it is a deeds. It is something that is being done. It is, it is in a reference of a skillful craftsman, a weaver, a jeweler setting that precious stone. So no matter what God does from the very beginning to the very end, he is faithful, he is righteous, he is full of justice, and he does it in his steadfast love. God does the kind of work that leads the psalmist in Psalms 8.3 to declare, when I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. That is the work of God in which he has performed. In Psalms 33, 4, he tells us, for the work of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. His beauty and wonder and glory truly is, an, is evident in the creation that is all around us. You know, you know when I speak certain dates to you, uh, tell me, tell me what, it, what it means to you. Is that if I would say December 7th, 1941, what was that? Pearl Harbor. September 2nd, 1945. Anybody know? It's a treaty ending, World War II, signed in Tokyo Bay. What about November 22nd, 1963? I remember that day very clearly. I, I, I was in a, a class, a woodworking class in school, and, and an announcement came over the, the PA system saying that John Fitzgerald Kennedy has been assassinated. Everybody stood still. Time stood still. In July 20th, 1969, do anybody remember when Neil Armstrong stepped on the surface of the moon? Well, this weekend, I surely hope you remember July 4th, 1776, the Independence Day of America. And there's a date. September 11, 2001. Do I even need to mention that? History has a way of putting these dates, these numbers, on something that is significant that we would recall exactly what happened and where we are. In times, an author in a book, he might just write a particular date, and the readers already know what that meant. And when we ever again look at 911, it's just an emergency phone call again in the same way. Yet, 
That's one way to number our days. But there's much more beyond that. There, there's a time that, that maybe where time will be no more. Those who ran up to that 87th floor of the Tower One in a World Trade Center didn't plan on what was about to happen. Those 300-plus firemen, as they were running up their stairs to save the lives, to evacuate the people out of that tower, never dreamt to realize that they themselves will never leave that alive, that tower alive. Neither did the police officers who were rushing in towards all that. I want you to understand that, that in all this, God is saying he is at work in our lives. In a specific day, when I look at what God wants to do, he's telling us, I want you today, I want you today to begin to look at who I am. Psalms 33, verses 69 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made out of nothing. It goes on, it says, And by the breath of his mouth, all their, their host is that, even not even speaking, says, breathing it, the beauty of the stars of the heavenlies came into existence. He gathered the waters of the sea as a heap. He put the depths in the storehouse. I call that God's aquarium, the ocean. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all its inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. You know, church, what he's asking us to do is to recognize who he is. And when I do that, something begins to come over me realizing the wonder and awe of God. And recognizing that, how he spoke the world into existence, do you not think that he can put order to all this chaos? He can. So let's focus on him and worship him. I love the wonder of the hymn that wrote these glorious words. It says, Oh Lord, my God, when in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the roaring thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. When thou, the words of the force, um, Glades, I wonder, and I hear the birds singing sweetly in the trees. When I look down from the lofty mountain glander and hear the brook and feel the gentle breeze, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. How great thou art. America, bless God. You see, it's so vitally important. I implore you, I encourage you, I beseech you, America, bless God. A nation without God is without moral absence. A nation with God is with a, with God is faithful 
and whose words is dependable. Nation without God faces no end of external wars or internal turf fighting. A nation with God is with confident assurance that he shall deliver us in the times of trouble. A nation without God is filled with all the stress, frustration, and uncertainty in dark days. But a nation with God is a nation who trusts in God, who controls the storms of the sea, can also make all things work together for good. You see, Psalms 103.1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We bless him by remembering what he has done. We want to remember him in our communion. We take this bread. We are reminded of his death, his sacrifice, the pain in which he's gone through for the redemption of our very souls. Oh, church. God bless America, but more so, America. It's blessing him for what he has done for us. Would you take that bread, that wafer? He reminds us that he died for us. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I praise you. I worship you for the wonder and the greatness of an almighty God. Bless, Lord, bless this to our bodies that we may stand and shout praises unto you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The juice is a reminder of his blood that has been shed. What an incredible sacrifice. And it's through that shedding of his blood that he's given us life. That he's given us breath to be able to worship and sing praise unto him. Remember what he has done for us. Heavenly Father, we remember that amazing sacrifice, that horrible moment in history when you are willing to die and shed your blood for us, that we may live to worship and to praise your holy name. We worship you. We thank you for what you have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have a chosen the time to be able to take time to praise him. I, I really believe that it has changed everything in the atmosphere in your home, in your own individual lives, in, in your community and family around you. When all of a sudden, they don't see us walking around with our heads down, stressed out, burdened, but our hands are lifted up, worshiping him, 
because this I know, that he is an almighty God, and he is great, and we could worship him and call upon his name, and I can promise you that he will fill that home in your heart and your life with his glory and his presence. America, God bless. Let's bless God.